0: So joining me on today's podcast is an Australian man called James Norky. James, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. We should have probably done this in person when we met up in Glasgow um, a month or so ago. I'm not sure why I didn't have the foresight to to do that. We could have done it in the pub.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, we could have uh, definitely done it in Glasgow when we met up, but um, we're here now anyway. <laughs>
0: That's it. Um, so, for anyone who's not sure of what you are, you know what you do and all that kind of stuff, can you just give the audience a bit of background about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so um, I've been doing SEO for 14 years now. So, started um, many years ago. I had a network of sites that were pretty much just monetized through SEO traffic. We got over 25 million visitors from Google to those sites. And then, um, yeah, I was uh, living with my parents at that time and I was uh, buying um, expensive cars and uh, having all this money coming in from somewhere and people were saying, where are you getting all this money? They thought I was up to something shifty. But um, no, I said, I'm making money online with uh, SEO and things like that. So yeah, then I uh, went and uh, my parents were like, you better go and get a real job. So I went and um, got a job at a, a big uh, media agency. They were, This was back in... Um, 2008 2009, they wanted to start an SEO division, so they're like they were looking for someone um, young and who knew SEO at the time, and I I was the person for the job, so I started that, and um, yeah, I was working on some really big brands in Australia, and then um, yeah, then uh, in uh, 2012 I left there and started our own company, Prosperity Media, so we got a team in Sydney, we're SEO agency primarily. And um, yeah, we've been doing SEO. I run, a, I run a conference in Sydney now. I've got a big meetup with 3,200 people. So yeah, there's a lot happening.
0: Doing some good stuff. It's funny um, going back to what you said at the start. Um, I remember um, when I first started out online and, and started getting better cars and stuff like that, my wife's grandfather said to me, he says, Craig, I really like you, you're a great guy but I know you're up to no good. Um, <laughs> you, you don't come into all this money. I know that, uh, you know, something funny's going on and all that kind of stuff. He says, uh, I don't want to come and visit you in jail. Stop whatever it is you're doing. And I, I was massively offended. I'm like, fuck. Um, you know, he thought I was a drug dealer. Uh, yeah. and I'm like, you know, g- you know, give me a pat on the back and say, well done, you're doing something well. But I think even now, you know, some people... Look at you as if there's no way. Um, I'm I'm probably your stereotypical drug dealer anyway. Shorts and a hoodie. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing in life I like's a nice car, and I've got a nice car. But you know, you see people looking at me like falling out the car, half asleep with shorts and a hoodie on, and you can just see them looking at me going, oh. oh. Um, and and I think my tattoos and stuff don't really give off the right image as well. But it's it's weird that you say that that you've also had that kind yeah. of. Um, at the start is is, is really yeah, nah,
1: it's uh it's one of those things you know i think um i think uh, many years ago like we're talking like 10 plus years ago 15 years ago people didn't know like like could understand and how you can make money online and how you can make money through seo and affiliate marketing and stuff like that and it was it was still a quite a new area especially in australia so if you're young and you come in into all this money all of a sudden, people start to say, oh, like what's he doing? Like, yeah, he can't be making that type of money. They don't get it. So I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, looking
0: back, it probably does look very, very suspicious. Um, and even now, you know, I've got friends that, that have been in the industry for, you know, two, three, four years and, you know, they're earning really good money and you look at them going, geez, you know, you know they are just you know, big fancy watches and yeah. designer clothes and all that, and all that stuff. And you're like, "Geez, we do look like um, dodgy guys." But that's a uh, that's just public perception. But um, so I think you know I've been in this industry 17 years. So I think you know we're a similar age and we've been in the industry a similar amount of time. And I think obviously when I met you in Glasgow, we had a good conversation about uh you know what we you know experiences and what we've done and stuff so i think we've done a lot of the same stuff and have a lot of the same opinions on a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the stuff as well so um yeah but you've obviously stuck in with the agency side of things how is that all going
1: yeah i mean like uh we've uh we've been doing the agency stuff for um just over seven years now so yeah i mean agency life definitely has its ups and downs. Like, I mean, you work with some good clients and then you work with some sometimes not so good clients, but I think we're, we're pretty picky on who we pick as clients. And um, yeah, I mean, like uh, we try to go for more larger enterprise businesses. That's where I feel our team really specializes. So I've got a lot of experience and some of our other team members have uh, worked with a lot of larger companies. So that's an area that we really do well in. Uh, we also do like mid-tier companies but we don't really do small businesses so sometimes like you can get contacted by a small business and they can get a bit angry if you say like look we don't work with small businesses and it's a it's a tricky uh tricky kind of uh conversation you got to dance around you know and you've got family friends and whatnot that sometimes might want you to help them out on their site and I still get love to give advice but I'm pretty straight up with people and just say, look, I can give you this advice for free. I can write you up an email of all these things that you can do. But in terms of doing the job, if it's like 500 bucks a month, like we can't do it, you know, like it's just, we've got like uh, other tasks that are like more like uh, time consuming jobs. You know what I mean? So it's a tricky one.
0: (laughs) uh, But it makes perfect sense. I think, you know, one of my failures um, when I had the agency and I, I don't mind saying I've you know it, 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 I had an agency it wasn't a failure as a business as such but for me it was a kind of failed looking back on it, it was a failure because I took on a lot of those smaller clients um, and because of that I struggled to scale and you know get bogged down with all the usual stuff you get with smaller clients and you know crazy expectations they want you know too much value for their money and and stuff like that so I think obviously the way you're doing it working with the bigger clients who have the budget to be able to get the level of service that people would come to expect is certainly a much better business model than the the one I had where I was just basically taking people's money you know I had a figure I had to make and so that everyone get paid and all the overheads were paid and everything else and you know, I was more focused on that figure rather than the deliverables as such and um you know it obviously wasn't a good way to run a business it was very stressful and uh, everything else so I, I totally get it you know when you're staying away from those smaller clients because they do they don't pay the bills <laughs> and you do need people to, to be able to offer a good service you know and retain your company you know reputation stuff you have to be working with those bigger guys but the problem for me was getting those bigger guys so you get any tips you know how do you get into the bigger clients what you know is it a trick a tip you know or, or are you just lucky how's that working
1: um yeah so winning bigger clients um it does take a lot of time and i think the thing was working in another large media company was fortunate for me because i i did four years there and basically like i um i made a lot of contacts right so uh, I worked in an agency where they had they had about 50 something or so people doing PPC, right? So all these people that were doing PPC, I, I got on with a lot of them and I basically uh, trained them all up on SEO. So I kind of ran my own little lunch workshops and when people wanted to learn about SEO, I was like the go-to guy. So I, I had made a lot of contacts in that business um, over those four years. And that was lucky because through through those four years at that large agency, um, that large media company, I was basically able to, when I kind of left and started my own agency, all these people left and they'd gone on and they kind of were working in-house at different organizations. When they needed SEO, I was the guy to kind of call up, you know, and like that That was very fortunate. And we've been able to build like some really strong partnerships off the back of that. So definitely partnerships is so crucial if you if you've got some some good mates in the industry and you kind of um you partner up with them and you kind of say like if i scratch your back and you scratch mine like we'll send leads your way just like someone needs seo give us a shout type thing that is Mm -hmm. crucial for an agency if you're an agency you've got to be building partnerships um you've got to be networking you've got to be out there and um like Some of the biggest clients that we've won—it's just through going to like industry events, you know, and just having a few beers. And like some people will roll into the event, and that they just buy them a few beers and talk some industry smack, as we like to say in the office. And um, yeah, you make a personal connection. You connect on LinkedIn, and then you say, "Hey, like who's doing your SEO at the moment?" And they're like, "Well, we've got this agency, and they're they're doing a shit job. Can you guys kind of help us out?" Type thing. And um, yeah, like that's how we've won some really big jobs, just through like networking, partnerships. We also like we do a lot. I do a lot of industry events, talking at conferences and things like that. I mean, sometimes you can get big clients that way. Like I remember many years ago, I did a a talk at a large conference. And I think like three months later, a massive client, like I'm talking like a client that's like one of the 10th largest sites in Australia kind of hit me up and was like, love the talk. Get in contact. So you got to be doing everything. You got to be out there. You got to be visible. You've got to be building partnerships. You got to be networking. And I mean, there's also an element of sales in there. You got to be. Um, you got to be doing sales too. But it's got to be targeted sales. A lot of agencies make the mistake where they just have a scattergun approach and they'll just email thousands of businesses and hope that someone replies. When we do sales, it's very targeted.
0: Yeah. No, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I think when I had uh, my agency, um, I wanted to be the guy that worked in the background. Because I was the SEO guy, I had a sales guy that was the account manager and the face of the company, if you like. Um, And we didn't really, you know, I wasn't speaking at events, I wasn't networking. (laughs) And now all I do is really speak at events and networking and I can see the massive benefits of doing that. But I've done it all back to front. I wish... I don't. I don't wish, obviously, but you know, I think I can see, you know, the the benefits of doing that, and totally relate to that. Rather than you know, w- I was just the agency, and I had a sales guy, and it was just, yeah, I, I just wasn't getting the cracks or, or, or you know the opportunities that I would have liked to have potentially made it more worthwhile. It was just a constant slog for me, and as I say, I didn't do any networking, no speaking, no nothing, <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't until well, I gave up the agency side of things that I did have the time to be able to network and, and speak and uh, do all the stuff that I do now. But um, I definitely 100% agree is get your backside out there and talking to people. That's where a lot of the, the stuff happens. Um, but I've got a question for you. Obviously, you work with large clients and yeah. people, you know, that's the dream for everyone. Um, in reality, um you know large clients means more account management more reporting and all that kind of stuff are you able to give like a rough percentage of when you're dealing with a larger client what percentage of the client's budget goes into account management and reporting you know against budget that goes in uh, to actual deliverables you know getting content or you know doing audits and, and implementing stuff or whatever you know, is it 50-50 or, you know, just a rough
1: guide? Um, depends on the client. Depends on how much support certain clients need. Like, usually the larger the client, the more in-house people they have. Like, I mean, we've got clients that have, like, 40 people working on, like, content and SEO in the business. So, like, they they need a lot of training. So, things like that. Like, there's, there's it could be, like, an 80-20 between... I mean, in terms of deliverables, and that's the 80%, and then 20% is like client management, responding to emails, going in there once a month for like a, a, a company-wide meeting and getting everyone in a boardroom and just talking about SEO for two hours and like having a, a clear action plan for that business as well and just mm-hmm. showing what's been done in the last month. That's one thing that we always try to do with our bigger clients is just have a meeting face-to-face once a month and just get into a boardroom and just show what's been done in the last month, go over that with everyone, and then just, like, talk about, like, does anyone have any questions and things like that, just to try and champion SEO in the business as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, see see when you're having these
0: conversations with the bigger clients, um, you know, we've all had clients and we're all like, I'm not not telling the client exactly what I'm doing, you know, I'll, I'll talk about, the keywords that you know the rankings and, and maybe conversions or whatever it might be um are you getting there to the bigger clients with a more transparent approach than that um you know telling them that you know we we have built you know 21 links this month and you know we have done an audit and we've implemented all these changes are you actually going to that level of documenting everything
1: um yeah usually we're, we're pretty transparent with bigger clients like they get that's that's why they come to us like they want the transparency so in terms of um deliverables and like actionable items and things like that we'll kind of um have like the project plan and we'll have like the audits and things and we'll kind of go over that by priority like what's the highest value things that can be implemented if it's a bigger client usually there's a bit of a delay in terms of getting things implemented um so they'll have like jira tickets running and things like that so you kind of have to you might have like if you've got like a really great thing that you want to implement depending on what type of cms they're using because the larger the client usually the more complex the cms is going to be so sometimes it can take three months six months even to get something implemented but if it's a quick fix you can you can get it done quickly Usually, we try to kind of itemize um, technical audits by like the highest priority to kind of give them a a few things they can work on up front and then say like these are the things that we can kind of work out as you go type thing. So, that's that's the best thing you can do for bigger clients because sometimes if you go on – I see these people like these other agencies and they do an audit it's like a 50-page report and they've got like 200 deliverable items and they're talking about changing an alt tag on a page. Like an enterprise client isn't going to give a shit about an alt tag. What they're going to look for is big technical changes. They're going to have a massive impact, you know, like mm-hmm. um, like big issues. That's what they want. They don't give a shit about like an alt tag on a page. So that's always crazy when I look at the the, the big client I'll just send a uh, an over and say this is what our last media company did and you're like what is this like uh, i don't even want to read this the client doesn't want to read it they just want easy to easy to read quick and actionable tips you know that's what we do
0: and i mean obviously that all sounds good and well but you know working i've worked with a few bigger clients in my team, um and obviously getting things approved and you know have the board or to get budget to do certain things or whatever it may be is a bollock at times. Um, you know, how do you manage, like, as you said there, sometimes if you've got an idea or something you want to implement, it can take two, three months to get put in place. But what I've always found is something else crops up and you forget about that thing if it's not done instantaneously. You know, I, you know I'm a scatterbrain and stuff like that, but, you know, I know you've probably got a good c m s but you know what you know what is that c m s how are you able to keep in top of because obviously you're dealing with multiple clients and yeah yeah, know, I got clients, and you know you're speaking to one client where you might need budget for you know some development stuff or whatever it might be, and it takes two months to pass you know how is it just as simple as just a good c m s or is there more to it?
1: Well, like, uh, usually you want to have really good project management and, um, like, you want to have a team that can kind of follow up on things because I think you're right in the sense that a lot of SEOs, they'll do a piece of work and then they'll they'll kind of, like, forget about it and then all this other stuff will come up and they'll be like, oh, have you implemented FAQ Schema, for example? And you're like, well, like, what about the technical audit because some of those items are going to have more impact, you know? So, Definitely, like you've got to continuously be following up with clients. Um, I find that's something like we try to do every three months. We'll kind of revisit the the main audit we've done, but as an ongoing thing, like every month, kind of send them like one or two big technical issues that we've picked up. So. Yeah, like it's an ongoing thing. You've got to be constantly keeping clients updated. And in terms of CMSs, like the bigger the client, sometimes they get stuck on these CMSs and it can be hard to change. So, yeah, that's a that's a tricky conversation. Usually, <laughs> yeah, you can't, like, if it's a small business, you can just say go on to WordPress or, like, uh, if it's e commerce, like Shopify, Magento, but. Yeah, when it's a when it's a bigger client, usually they're onto some long term deal where they can't get out of the CMS, so it's a tricky conversation.
0: Yeah, um, that sounds sounds like the the balik I thought it would have been, <laughs> but that's uh, nah, it's interesting to hear the uh, you know how you deal with it. You know, on a personal level, um. I'm assuming you're not doing all of that work. You've got project managers in place and you're delegating a lot of this stuff. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. I found it very hard because I was trying to do everything when I had the agency and I wanted to be in control of everything. Um, And I think that was obviously the wrong thing to do. Um, You know, I'd just like to know, you know, are you delegating a lot of it? You've just get good surrounded yourself with good people and people you can trust and, and, you know, and let them account manage and, and look after that. the majority of that stuff is that exactly how yeah, you do
1: exactly. it? Yeah exactly like um, we've got uh, we've got a team so we've got 10 people that uh, assist with different projects so yeah we've got um, we don't really do the whole account management thing usually the way that we do things is we have like um, SEO specialists, SEO managers etc cetera, etc cetera. they kind of do the client management and they do a lot of the implementation um mm-hmm. I don't know like I know some businesses and agencies they love doing account managers and then technical implementation and then other teams and this and that but I don't know I, I I'm always just a fan of whoever's doing the job can also talk to the client I feel like they get to the answers quicker um some of the clients that we work with they they kind of want quick answers they don't want to beat around the bush and they don't want to talk to someone who says oh I don't have that information now I'm gonna have to go back to the team and it creates extra layers but I, it's one of those conversations, you know, and, um, yeah, that's just we've found what works. And, um, yeah, usually the best thing any agency can do is really work on your process documents. Um, we've definitely over the years, we've, we kind of, when we started off, we didn't have any process documents and we've slowly been building them up. And there's still more to do. Really, if you're running an agency, you've got to have a process for everything because, yeah. like, a client can potentially ask a real like a a quite a a complex question like yeah like they could say anything like um what if we want to put our whole site on no archive meta tag or whatever because we don't want google crawling the site and like if a if a junior seo gets that question and they're like oh shit like what does that mean they start going on google and searching they might not get the right answer so if you make a process document for something like that for kind of every potential question it can really um help the team you know so just from anything like running a site scrape on like site bulb or just any type of tasks that people are doing. We're trying to make process documents for everything just because it helps both senior and junior staff as well. So yeah.
0: I think I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, having those processes in place. Um again, something I never had. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I was probably a failure, but um no, I think uh, having processes in place seems to be the norm. Um you know, are your processes like video based or is it text documents or you know what are you giving people I mean, I'm assuming it's gonna be a mixture of both, right? You you give people videos oh. so that they understand it or
1: no, we're just doing uh, mostly um, text at the moment with images and stuff. We have a few videos, but, yeah, I feel like um, at the moment it's like 90% um, text. I mean, some people do videos. Um, others just they'll do whatever. But, yeah, I definitely feel like we potentially could do more videos, Um even like when um, like if we have someone new start, I'll usually do like a two or three hour training course with them. Just go over some of the one hundred ones and just different processes and whatnot. And um, I like you probably when you do that, you don't record it. But then when you think back, you're like, oh shit! Like I should have recorded all this because I just did a three hour course, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and we've got the damn video recorder there, so it's just <laughs> it's just sometimes you forget to do those type of things, but. Definitely, I think video is good, but we're we're not doing enough at the moment. We're doing a lot of text and images, but in due course, we're going to do more of that. Because, um, yeah, I think um you got to be doing everything. You know, it's uh that's the problem with agency. Like, you you got to be doing a lot of stuff. You know, you got to be managing clients. You're gonna be managing the finances. You got to be hiring. You got to be firing There's a lot of stuff you got to deal with. The bigger the agency gets, the more dramas you got to deal with. Too.
0: Um, we'll, we'll talk about you know what you said there, hiring and firing. Um, that was one of the things I absolutely hated um, doing. That you know I hate. I don't mind hiring people. That's always a. Uh, a reasonably easy job it was just the whole getting rid of people you know I was always you know my wife said you're too soft you get you've held on to that person for too long you've given them too many opportunities you know uh how do you find it do you struggle with the firing side of things or are you trigger happy you know quite happy (sighs) to just get rid (sighs)
1: like to be honest with you like some of the staff that work for me they kind of say like yeah you are like sometimes nice a little bit too nice um, but uh, I, I hear you. like we've had to let go of pe- for people in the past and it's hard like as a business owner when you got someone working for you I mean, you gotta make that tricky call and like if it's not working out I think um, you just gotta you just gotta do it you know you're just gonna have to step up and uh, let them go and I think the best thing you can always do is have a a good probation period in uh, in uh, when you hire someone new because when you hire someone, like, people can check out in interviews, you can check their references, they can be glowing. I, I think you've always got to have, like, at least three or four months probation and then really see how they are, you know, in that first three months because um, if they don't work out, you just got to move forward, you know. As a business, you're going to, like, if someone's not working out, I think um, it's got to be straight up with them and just say, look, it's not working out. Um, like the business is going in a different direction like I mean thank you for your time like you you just gotta you you gotta step up as a business owner it is very hard though to let people go but um it's just one of those parts of business you know and I do really I, I do think over the years I've really um learned to I mean you hear people say hire slow and fire fast but it is true you really got to um you really got to check everyone's references. You got to get people in for two interviews at a minimum. You got to you got to really think about different questions. You know, like um, and even like um, I had a, I had a really uh, good mentor, and he, he one of his tactics was was like get someone in for like a an interview, and then his second interview get them up at the pub you know and have like just have a few beers and see how they are like if having a drink or whatnot if they're if they're female have a wine or whatnot just see how they are bring some of the team up and see see what type of person they are you know because if they're going to be working in your office five days a week you want you want to know what they're going to be like you know and it's a cheap it's a cheaper cheap little hiring tactic so yeah
0: that's interesting because you know something you said just you know a, a minute or so ago is you know the probation period and stuff you know uh, you know what I've felt in the past is you know I've hired someone you know looking at their CV and based on the kind of half hour hour interview that the, we had with that particular person and you know more times than not when they're two or three weeks into their job that's when you start to see their bad habits their bad attitude coming out and you know laziness and and, you know various other aspects when you do hire the wrong type of person Um, so I think you know that is a great little way to look at it you know get them down the pub and get them to relax a bit and find out who they are as people because what a lot of people don't understand is by the time you interview 10, 15, 20 people to, to you know find the right person it's a lot of time and effort um and to to then pick the wrong person and then have to do the whole process again time and time again um so I think you know taking them down the pub is certainly a cheaper more cost effective cost effective option <laughs> uh, and something I never actually done I was basically hiring people and not really I, 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 there was nothing else for me to gauge it on other than what they were telling me to my face and uh, you know how I felt they were at the interview, but people are obviously nervous at interviews and they'll see anything to get a job and yeah, yeah, uh, stuff like that. And again, some staffing was something I had a real struggle with, <laughs> it was just oh, people come up in time, and crazy yeah. stuff, like that. and yeah, but it's a uh, I think, as you say, taking them down the pub or, or you know doing something else rooting around to rummaging about to find out more about them certainly a good way to to look at it
1: yeah you you really have to kind of ask some unique questions as well you know like um th- just things like like are you a team player and how do you how do you go for team and just things like that you really want to get people that kind of fit in and i think um that that is culture is very important as well you you want to have a company where people want to work so We do like company events every month and things like that, and we try to make it fun. You know, we're pretty flexible and like working hours. Like, um, like if if people want to work from nine till five or ten till six, like we're pretty flexible like that. I didn't want to make a business where you kind of have to rock up at nine o'clock, and if you don't rock up at nine o'clock, you kind of be on like in the firing line type thing. Like that—that's one thing that we do. So I think as a as a business owner, you got to be flexible, but. In the same sense, staff have to kind of know what's right and wrong, and they've got to step up when it's the time to step up as well. So, yeah. I I
0: mean, you know, I'm not sure I would totally agree with the model that you're doing, certainly not in the UK. You know, I've been flexible, and people have basically just ripped the piss right out of me. And I've also got a friend. I'm not going to name who it is, um, (laughs) but he got the staff down to a four-day working week. Yeah, gave them a lady off and, and what he found from that experiment was they were actually just doing four days work and he was getting robbed of a day um, you know whereas <laughs> yeah. they ram five days into five days work into four days and stuff so I'm not sure being flexible in a nice, often in a nice working environment is the best option, I've heard a lot of negative stuff from it but yeah, yeah. nothing for you, you know you guys in Australia mate <laughs> different, you know, uh, you know people in the UK sometimes just need to rock it up their ass and basically <laughs> be, home, be in at nine. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, no,
1: like it's, I think in Australia it is a bit more like, I think it is a culture like that. Like, uh, especially in media agencies, a lot of media agencies kind of have like a nine thirty start and things like that. And like, it, it is a bit more relaxed than a lot of agencies do. Like, um, They'll do like the early finish on Friday during summer. Finish work at two o'clock type thing. Go down to Bondi Beach, whatever. Like that's pretty common. Like it's it's pretty flexible here. But I, I hear you, like in different parts of the world things are going to be different. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. And a lot of companies in Australia are also testing that four day four day working week. Um, it's tricky for me because I always thought, like, every day I've got people that want to have meetings, you know, and it, I don't know what day we'd take off. That's that's the kind of thing. You know? Like, I, I was, I've heard about that, and you've heard the positive and the negative, you know. I've definitely seen both sides of it. So, agree 100%. Like, um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs>
0: um, that's just obviously, as I say, you know, UK people seem to be a bit lazier, maybe. <laughs> um bondi beach and chilling out in the sun and and you know <laughs> give people a bit more relaxation and act a bit more normal over there um, and <laughs> but yeah staffing staffing and getting normal hard working reliable staff's never easy and um, that's oh it's what... hard
1: it's it's hard everywhere like the the thing is like you want staff that are they're going to be passionate about seo The people that are going to do the hours and the thing about SEO as well, it's a job where you got to do the after-hour work as well. You got to read the blogs, you got to get on Twitter, you got to get on Reddit, you got to get on Slack groups, you got to do that shit after work as well because if you're not, like it's part of the job, you know, you got to put in that after-hours work. You got to go to the events and things like that. You got to network. I feel like if you want to be a great SEO, you've got to put in the after hours work as well. And that's where a lot of people they you, you kind of say to them, Are you willing to put in the after hours work? You know, you're gonna be willing to read some blogs. And a lot of them are just like, No, I'm not I don't want to do that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so it's tricky.
0: <laughs> um, I I think you're you're hundred percent spot on. You know, certainly when I was learning SEO and developing, you know, it it was pretty much a full on obsession. If you like, you know, I was up at three in the morning um, reading shit and, and, you know, talking in forums and stuff back in the day when forums was the, yeah. the thing rather than, you know, groups on social media and stuff when I was learning SEO. But same kind of thing, you know, you had to be on there and uh, I spent a lot, a lot of time um, doing that stuff, you know. it's uh, But, you know, it pays off in the end and I think if anyone else wants to really make it, in the the industry it's certainly not a bad attitude to have is you know work after hours go to the meetings um even just go and chat shit about stuff down the pub or whatever yeah exactly meetups or whatever and on the local meetup conversation um i want to talk a bit about your meetup that you've got in sydney i'm coming over there in the it's at the start of february is that correct
1: yeah, so start of February, uh, February 10th, uh, 2020, um, down in Sydney, CVD. We got uh we got a, like, it's an SEO and it's a growth marketing conference. So we're aiming to get around 200 people. I mean, we're making the tickets affordable as I think, um, I think with a discount code, um, I think the tickets are selling for like 250 AUD, but with a discount, 50 bucks off, they're like $200. So, making it as affordable as and we we've got craig coming down from uh from glasgow it's going to be great we've got matt diggity um coming out from chiang mai we've got um we've got bernard hong from uh, Clearscope. he's a gun we've got guys from australia like uh jared codlin who he, he's a big big time growth hacker really knows his stuff he he's a fantastic presenter um we've got uh we've got a whole bunch of other like um some of the speakers are a little bit lesser known but they're really really gun guys you know we've got kate toon um she's a fantastic seo and content marketing speaker we've got um another another mate of mine dennis he's a he's a real gun ppc and seo guy uh we got will wang he's uh he's a big growth marketer in sydney and yeah, just so we've got an agency panel. So it's a it's a one day conference. Um try to pack as much value in there as possible and just um yeah, it's if if anyone doesn't matter where you are in the world, if you get a cheap flight down to Sydney, um highly recommend it you know like um if you, it's, february is going to be a great time you know weather's going to be around hopefully 30 degrees every day then so if you want to picture yourself sitting on bondi beach with a with the cold beer and uh taking some photos for your friends back in london when it's raining and um and uh they're, they're stuck in the two degree weather you can be like chilling in bondi beach <laughs> so yeah look at some flights because it's going to be a good one and um yeah, we're really excited to have you coming down, Craig. I'm um, looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, just trying to put on a good event. So, yeah, I mean, we've got an event next uh, Wednesday night as well with um, Olga from SEM Rush as well. So that's uh, that's going to be a good one too. So there's events happening everywhere, but just um, trying to give back to the community and put these on. And, yeah.
0: I think, uh, I think you know, I've hosted my own local meetups here in Glasgow and um, I've done one down South in Chester. And I think they're great, great things to have, Um, you know, great community, you know, you do a bit of work with some of these guys as well. You can uncover some rough gems, you know, in terms of finding staff and, and stuff like that as well. So I think there's a lot to be said for the meetups and, uh, it's obviously the one that I'm coming to, certainly a great lineup there, you know, uh, Matt Diggity, Kate Toon and some of the other guys you mentioned. Um, it sounds like it is going to be an action pack because we've all got different angles, you know, Diggity and his affiliate marketing or whatever you'll be talking about and Kate Toon talking about content. So you you, you seem to have good variety there. Um, as well, and I think there's a lot of value to be had from these events. And although they are smaller, two hundred people or whatever, you know, we had a conversation prior to coming on to the podcast, and I was telling you that you know my preference is smaller events because it's more personal. You get to talk to more people, and uh, you know sometimes you can n- not for me, but you know certainly if you're at an event and there's two thousand people there, you don't really get to talk to the the kind of speakers or. You know the right people. Sometimes you can end up getting left with a crazy guy in the back, and you know who's chatting and has no money.
1: <laughs>
0: so <laughs> I think the smaller events you can uh, kind of work around that as well, and, and chat to the people that you really want to chat to as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're a hundred percent right. You know, smaller conferences like the, that's I really love them as well. You know, I've been to big conferences, and you're right. Sometimes you can you can there's just too many people. It's like a sea of people, and a lot of the bigger ones, they're a bit of a sellout as well. You know, they get like all the big sponsors, and then you just hear sales pitch after sales pitch, and you're like, I just want people that are going to give me actionable tips that I can kind of implement for my business, or some really great ideas. You know, and that's why I've tried to pick out speakers that are going to be um, that are going to give actionable advice. So yeah, we we like, I mean, I've been getting hit up by um, like sponsors and things like that, like, oh, can we sponsor your event? But I'm just kind of like i'd rather if you're going to be a sponsor like you're gonna have to really give some actionable tips like i don't want like someone to come and give a sales pitch i'd rather people get value you know and the thing is like we don't we don't really care if we just break even on this event you know because we just want to like give give back to the community and just meet some great people and things like that so that's what we're doing it we're not going to be doing this to make uh big money event money you know and that's what the ticket prices are are saying that you know it's it's to get as many people in as possible and um yeah like sydney's got a really good seo community as does melbourne in australia as well so yeah there's um there's a lot of good people here but there's a lot of events and yeah the, the organizers really do charge an arm and a leg for the tickets so yeah, we're we're trying to make it uh, affordable and and, and action packed as well. And have some of those more underground guys speaking too, you know, cuz they're the ones that are really going to give the value too.
0: Yeah, I think always going for the big name speakers is not always the best option. Uh it's certainly it's those underground guys that are doing the work in the trenches and whatnot that we do want to be having conversations with. You know, even as speakers, um, you know, I speak at a lot of uh, local meetups and stuff, but I still learn a lot from the guys that are also attending, um, yeah. and that's what I'm always looking for. Uh, you know, there's got to be some value for me, so um, you know, doing meetups with those type of people um, is where where it's really at, and that I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm more looking forward to the. Sunshine, because it's going to be a horrible couple of months here in Scotland. <laughs> with, um, you know, an escape to your summer climates is a, certainly something I'll be much looking forward to in February, because that's us just coming out of the winter period here. And as you say, me taking pictures and speedos to my mates back home, <laughs> high beat with a beer um, will certainly. Um <laughs> certainly rock in a bit. I'm not sure about the Speedos though, but uh, <laughs> will, I'll stick to my shots. But um but no, as I say, it sounds like a great event and um yeah, I think obviously you you're you're hosting events all the time anyway, so it's not as if it's going to be a new first time event. You've obviously got Olga there next week and you've done stuff in the past and um you know, you're, you're attracting a lot of the kind of right people as well. You know, Olga's um, someone I've worked closely with over the years. Um, Same Russian stuff, and um, you know, being for you to be able to pull those people over there, it's uh, quite a quite a good good thing for you as well. You know, to be associated and, and be able to bring these speakers over because it's not that easy to be able. You know, it's just all about your contacts, and that that's obviously coming from your networking and. All the time you probably spent, you know, doing some stuff with Sam Rush and whatever that you're now able to talk to these people and say, hey, you know, come over here and and it's mutually beneficial because Sam Rush, of course, want to keep their profile as high as they can in Australia as well. So
1: um, yeah, no, like the thing is with the uh, the event next Wednesday with uh, Olga, that was actually that came out. Um, uh, one of our staff members uh dayan he helps uh run the uh seo sydney meetup so um seo rush approached him and said um yeah can we uh can we run an event and then i said to dayan, I go well, like i'll help you get um a lot more people to your event so i said let's partner up and kind of like run an event together and i said well put it on our meetup and then he's got it on his as well so then um yeah, we've kind of combined numbers and then people like just to get the numbers up, you know, because if you're coming from overseas, you don't want to speak to a room of twenty people. So I said, let's no. try and get let's try and get them a hundred people at a minimum. And um, we've got our a mate of ours who who runs an agency, Matt, he's gonna be talking about productivity and SEO as well. So and uh, productivity hacks and things like that. So he's a really good speaker too. He'll be speaking on the night. But um, that's actually uh, the day before the uh, the global marketing day with SEM Rush, and I think Olga's hosting the uh, the uh, the the one in Sydney. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be on that with Peter Mead. So looking forward to that. That's going to be a, a, a great little event that SEM Rush is putting on as well. So yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. Global marketing day. Yeah, I'm involved. I'm in the
0: London office that day. Uh, or the London studio, should I say, um, so it should be a lot of fun, and we're, I don't know what you guys have got set up over there, but we are literally going into a real studio to to do this in yeah. London, um, it's not like someone's office, which I thought it was, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just assumed it, because Ross Tavendale was the host, I just assumed it would have been Ross's office, and it was only yesterday, actually, I was booking a flight down to London, and um, I googled um, the studio and it came up saying like such and such broadcast studio and I'm like fuck, um, I didn't realise well, we're actually getting into a real studio makeup um, and, and the hair people and all that kind of stuff so um, it should be a big day and I think you've got Sydney, New York um, us in London and I think there's people in San Francisco as well so
1: I think is it 24 hours or something like that it's going on for? Yeah, it's, yeah. On- yeah. it's 20, 24 hours and I mean, shout out to Anton from uh, SEMrush as well. He's been doing a lot of work in behind the scenes and, you know, putting it together and he, he's always fun to work with as well. So, yeah, no, it should be <laughs> yeah. should be good. And, um, yeah, I think in Sydney they ha- they have it at a, a broadcast studio as well because I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, are they going to have it at someone's agency? But then I, I, I saw on the event it was like Art Harman Broadcast Studio and I was like, damn, they, they're going all out. So it's going to be a big one.
0: Yeah, no. I was, as I said, had the same assumption as you. Thought we were going down Ross's office, crack open, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. But now nah, they're they're going all out and um, doing, and you know, I've I've just had a brief look at some of the speakers and the hosts and the the kind of experts that they've got on. There's there's I I don't know the figure, but there's a shit ton of people on there. Um, so it should be a good one, all with different backgrounds and different angles, so hopefully um, people will be able to learn and pick up a lot of tips over that period of time, and it's free for yeah. people, which is weird. Um, well, not weird, but weird in a good way, um, because you're going to get a lot of the, the good people um, in a professional studio, in a professional environment, giving tips and advice, so
1: I think yeah, that's, it it's gonna be a good one I think uh it's definitely worth tuning into so yeah definitely great work by the team at Sam putting on such a fantastic event as you said they've got some really big companies you know like uber Google they've got um even in Sydney they've got we're on the on the talk with um canva so canva's killing it from an SEO point of view so that's going to be very interesting there's actually someone from Walt Disney? <laughs> on one of them as
0: well. I was looking through because I'd actually done an email um met, uh, an email shout out just there prior to coming on the podcast with you um and I was just you know seeing who some of the companies were and you've got Microsoft, BBC and then Walt Disney and there was a few others and I'm like Jesus so yeah should be a good one um but sadly James we are out of time um for today but for anyone who does maybe want to talk to you, talking about your agency, maybe use your services or just the network with you, where's the best place for people to get a hold of you?
1: Um, website-wise, just uh, prosperitymedia.com.au. That's our agency in Sydney. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Connections8. Or if you want to just uh, contact and connect with me on uh, LinkedIn, just search for James Norquay. Um, yeah, I've uh, got thousands of connections so we've probably got someone in common um yeah definitely uh looking forward to chatting with people or just helping people out you know sometimes you get like i've got some contacts and friends in the industry and they've got smaller agencies and they just kind of ask questions from time to time so it's i don't mind helping people out as well you know if they're an up-and-comer and they're just like oh what's your thoughts on this type of thing and just give them some advice because you know i've been doing this stuff for a long time so I don't mind giving some advice to young people as long as they're not going to like chew your ear off, you know, I don't mind answering (laughs) one or two questions, but when I send like 50 questions and you're like,
0: (laughs) never say you're going to help anyone. I've done that before. Before you know, you get guys asking you 50 questions a week. And then you, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you may go on holiday for a long weekend or something with your wife, and they're bombarding you like, "What the fuck, you rude bastard!" You know, you're not, you know, you're ignoring me now, and you're like,
1: "Fuck!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, like I yeah. said, one or two <laughs> questions. <laughs> That's it. Don't, don't drop fifty on me because yeah, we got um, there's a lot of work to do still, you know. So yeah,
0: um, so when I'm when I'm going to. Promote this podcast, so I'm not going to tag you in it saying James offers free advice, free consultancy. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> <please don't.
1: probably laughs> the floodgates will open, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but no, I appreciate you taking the time to come on, it's been a pleasure, man.
1: No, cheers for that. Now we're looking forward to uh coming to Sydney and um, yeah, cheers for the time, Craig. Uh, great work, keep it up.
0: No worries, cheers.